going. Can y'all hear me at all? Is it better? I don't. This mic gets on my nerves every week. All right. If you have your Bible, please open it to John chapter six. We're gonna be looking at verses twenty-two through. Well, let's go verse twenty-two. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. This week, millions of believers uh, around the world observed Ash Wednesday, uh, which falls 46 days before Easter. It it marks the beginning of Lent. If you know anything about Lent, Lent is a time of fasting and prayer and penance for believers. And so, During the Lent season, believers, Christians all around the world, they give up certain pleasures and indulgences for 40 days. It's really a a 40-day sacrifice of different things in our life, like television shows like Downtown Abbey or Scandal, Disney Channel. Hey, hey, I'm just saying these are certain things that people give up, and you don't have to do it. You may sacrifice uh, listen to radio or you give up 40 days of Twitter. 40 days off of Facebook, video games or favorite food, overworking or complaining. Basically, you get the point. It's a day of giving up things, 40 days of sacrifice. Now, if you're indecisive and you really don't know what to give up, there's a website that you can go to, and it's called whattogiveupforlent.com. And so uh, on this website, they, they say if you're not sure what to give up, let them surprise you. <laughs> Let them surprise you with a new out-of-the-box sacrifice each day. So this site is dedicated to helping you get through Lent. They want you to rethink Lent. And basically this site will use social media like Facebook, Twitter, your email to help you in your 40-day sacrifice. They'll email you a sacrifice, tweet you one, or post one on your Facebook for the next 40 days. Now, if Jesus had a Twitter account, what would his tweets be for you for the next 40 days? Let's say Jesus right now had a smartphone in heaven. What would he tweet out to you for the next 40 days for your life? What would they be? Hashtag what? Hashtag this. What would it be? You see, we can... You can lose and miss Jesus in the way you approach this season leading up to Easter because you can make it all about what you give up. You can make it all about what you sacrifice for the next 40 days. What's going to make your life better the next 40 days? Your Easter outfits, your Easter plays. In reality, this season, Ash Wednesday, Lent, Holy Week, Easter, is all about Jesus. I've shared with you before the the quote from Austin Sparks that says, Not what I am, O Lord, but what you are. That alone can be my soul's truest rest. Your love, not mine. Your peace, not mine. Your rest, not mine. Your everything, not mine. It's not what you give up. It's not what you sacrifice. It's what Jesus gives up. It's what Jesus sacrificed. For it's all about him. 
Jesus is the great I am. He is the great I am. And Jesus is the great I am is what we're going to focus on leading up to Easter. And he is the great I am that you can know personally, that you can know relationally. And his Lent, tweet, his Lent tweets to you is all about you letting go of what gets in the way of you knowing him better. It's not about what letting go. It's not about letting go of things that's going to make your life better. It's what's going to let you know him better. And when you know him better, your life becomes better. You don't get a better life apart from a Savior. That is idolatry to do so. And in John chapter 6, verses 22 through 29, Jesus gives us several tweets for us to meditate on. And each of these tweets are supposed to push you to him. And if you have your Bible, here is God's word, beginning in verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there, that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was no, not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into their boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of God will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. This is God's holy word. Let us pray. Father, as we come to your truth, Lord, we, we desperately, as, we, as every area of life, we need your spirit. Nothing gets done apart from your spirit moving. If he doesn't move, lives are not changed. People are not saved. People are not delivered from addictions and idols, if the Spirit of God does not move. So, Holy Spirit, we need you. I need you. I need you to speak through me and to me. Move my pride out of the way so that Christ can be lifted up and glorified. I can't change a single heart here. Man, I can't change my own heart. So, Spirit, we beg and plead for you to come and to move in this place so that we can leave here changed, renewed, refreshed to go back out another week to fight. So Holy Spirit, come and give glory to Christ in the process. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Jesus' first tweet for Lent says, The people seem to seek after me. That's what's on the, his Twitter post right now. The people all around the world in America, on every continent, they seem to seek after me. You see, the crowd in our text, they, they're, they, they're seeking for Jesus, just like many people today, like many people would do during the Easter season. And this crowd, who, who are these people in this crowd? Where do they come from? This crowd is part of the 5,000 people 
Jesus fed the day before. You see, this, this part of chapter 6 is connected with the feeding of the 5,000. Just a carryover. A day earlier, they witnessed one of the greatest signs they have ever seen. And trust me, it was not a magic trick. Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And the 5,000 counted with just the men. It didn't take into consideration the women and children that was there. If it did, it could have been more than 20,000 people. There was more than 5,000 people there. He multiplied the bread and fish, and the people ate to their fill. They were satisfied. They were amazed. So much so that they said in verse 14, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. And that quote there, that reference is to Deuteronomy, a reference to Moses, a prophet like Moses. Not only that, the crowd wanted to take Jesus and make him king by force. So Jesus knew all this. Jesus perceived all this. And so he withdrew to the mountain by himself. And now on the next day, the same crowd of people are seeking and looking for Jesus. But he's not there. He's in Capernaum, which is like several miles north of where this crowd is located. Verse 24 says, When the crowd saw that Jesus was not, Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into their boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. This phrase, they themselves, that's there for emphasis. John is emphasizing the fact that this crowd is determined. They're going to find, we're going to find Jesus. They're going to search hard and long for him. They got in their boats. They sailed to look for him. They showed initiative, right? Even passion. Can you blame them? To them, Jesus is a miracle worker. He's a prophet who is to come, even a king. He met a physical need for them. Did he not? Multiplying the bread and the fish, he met a need. And remember Jesus' tweet. The people seem to seek after me. The crowd is traveling to meet Jesus. They get in their boats to seek after him. But the question is, is it real? Is it a true seeking of Jesus? Or do they just seem to seek after him? What about us? What about each of us? We go to church. We go on mission trips. We are in Bible studies. We serve. We tithe. We go to conferences about poverty. We know a lot of theology. But do we seek Jesus in the process? Or do we just have the appearance of it? You see, all these activities that's going to take place leading up to Easter, all the things that churches are going to do, that we're going to do, would Jesus be there? Is Jesus in it? Or does it give the appearance? Like an Easter outfit. It's just an appearance. But no depth. Back in January, I attended a conference in Phoenix, Arizona, and during my flight there, I was working on, on a sermon, and a guy on the airplane, I might have shared this with you before, he took notice of what I was doing. And he came up, and he, we started a conversation about the church, we started a conversation about faith. And during our conversation, he, he said something that was very convicting to me. He says, in our carnal minds, we can invent a Jesus to suit our own pleasures. In our carnal minds. We can invent a Jesus to fit our own pleasures. People who seem to seek Jesus 
do so with appearances only. They have a false Jesus who is there to suit their own pleasures and their own desires. It has the appearance of piety. It looks spiritual, but inwardly, in our own hearts, it's not real to us. It's not rooted in us. It is not reforming us. Jesus says the people seem to seek after me. And that tweet is calling us out for a false seeking of him that is not real. Loving him with words only and appearances only, apart from your heart, is not a true seeking of Jesus. And this leads us to our next tweet from Jesus. It says, the people seek me for the wrong reason. The people seek me for the wrong reasons. The crowd that is traveling to Capernaum and search for Jesus, they do so seemingly. They give the appearance of it, the impression of it. Keep in mind, they were eyewitnesses to the feeding of the 5,000. They ate their fill. And they thought Jesus was a prophet like Moses. They even wanted to make him king. I would too if he just fed me like that, wouldn't you? You want a king that's going to give you free bread and free food? Yes. And so when a crowd eventually arrives to Capernaum, they're excited about finding Jesus. They are excited. It might not come out in the text, but they're not going through all this stuff if they are not excited about finding Jesus. The question is why are they looking for him? And see, their excitement is the excitement you feel when you go on to Oprah's show and you find out it's the favorite show, Oprah's favorite thing show, that's the excitement that they feel, that excitement. Because when you're on that Oprah show, her favorite thing show, what are you going to get from Oprah? Everything. And you're excited. You're going crazy. Yeah! <laughs> that's how they feel. I wonder what Jesus is going to do today. I wonder what he's going to give me today. I wonder how he's going to out-top what he did yesterday. And so when they find Jesus, they get all proper and official. Rabbi, when did you get here? Teacher, when did you arrive in Capernaum? Notice what Jesus does. He doesn't even answer their question. Doesn't even acknowledge the question. He bypasses the question. Goes straight to their heart. Pierce their heart. And in doing so, he brings to light the true motive for seeking him. See, Jesus' response to them does not feed their excitement. It does not accept their false seeking of him. Instead, it blows them up. What does he say? Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Boom. Checkmate if you play chess. Undone. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. He called them out. He, un- he undressed them. He showed them, this is why you're truly here. This is why you came all this way. Because you ate your fill of the loaves. What about us? Does this tweet of Jesus convict us? It convicts me. What about you? Seeking him for the wrong reasons. Are we like this crowd? who seek Jesus for all the wrong reasons. There's a side of Jesus that we don't like singing about. And it's a side of him that calls us out. It's a side of him that holds us accountable. It's a side of him that sees through our fakeness. 
Jesus sees through it. He sees your heart. And he refuses to accept a seeking of him that is only based on appearances that has no depth. It's not here in our hearts. So the crowd is not seeking Jesus for Jesus, but for what he gives them, for what he provides them. The physical and the material blessing. That's why they're there. That's why they're seeking after him. Because he was healing the sick, he provided them food, and that's why they're there. They, 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 they fill the bread. They want more bread. And they're missing the whole point of the sign. All the miracles in John that, that Jesus does were for one purpose, that is to point to something other than the sign. That's what a sign is for. It points you to something else. It does. If you see a sign for Disney World, you're not going to go to the sign and think you're at Disney World, are you? you you have a very disappointed child if you do that. Disney World is in Orlando. Not on the billboard sign on I-75 to Orlando. The same is with the miracles. They point you to something other than themselves, and that is Jesus, the great I am. But we want the blessings apart from him. We want the blessings apart from him. We want a good life apart from him. Particularly, you see this a lot when we come to Jesus when life is hard. My God, when life is hard, but when life is good, I no longer need him. A genie in the bottle type of Jesus. But he would not settle for that. He wants more. Much more. Andrew Hopfer and Tim Kolaski are bakers in, at a Sweetheart Bakery in Hopper Woods, Michigan. They, along with other area bakers, worked around the clock last Saturday and Sunday. And they did so to prepare for this past Tuesday, which is known as Fat Tuesday. And it's the Tuesday before Lent begins. And, 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 and many believers in the area use Fat Tuesday as a way to get one last sweet indulgence before they give up sweets for 40 days. And so the bakers, they worked around the clock preparing a particular type of pastry. It's one that many people in the area crave for. They, was, they stood in line for it. And it's called a ponchki. It's a Polish pastry. Similar to an American donut, but it has much higher fat and calories. And it's stuffed with all the things you like. You know, strawberries and lemons and blueberries. And it has all the sugar you need. That's what it's like when you want the blessings of Christ apart from Christ. We want a stuff-filled donut life. We want, a, we want all the cream in the middle, but we don't want Jesus at all. Bless me, Jesus. Bless my family, Jesus. Bless my business, Jesus. Bless my health, Jesus. Make my life a Polish pastry. But you know what? I don't want to have any type of relationship with you in the process. And we got to understand, Jesus' favorite thing is not making sure we have that type of lifestyle. That's not on his to-do list every day he wakes up. I've got to make sure Alex have this comfortable life. I've got to make sure Alex is taken care of. I've got to make sure Alex has all this. Trust me, that's not on his to-do list. He blesses me, but not apart from him. Not apart from knowing him. All the ways that God has blessed you. Look at your life. Look at where you have, with your family. Every way he's blessed you is to move you more toward him. 
to push you more toward him. And this leads us to our final tweet, and that is from Jesus. People should seek me to know me, not what they can get from me. They should seek me for me. The same way a spouse should seek their spouse, not for what your spouse gives you, but because your spouse is your spouse. Jesus says to the crowd, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Meditate upon that. Do not labor for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. He's telling the crowd, don't waste your time and sweat working hard for food that will die. It will cease to exist one day. It will not endure to the end. And the question is, what are you dying for? What food are you wasting your life on, trying to get life from it? What is it? What is your true hope? Let's put it that way. What is your hope built upon? What if you, This thing, if I took it out of your life right now, what is that one thing you think you've got to have? And if I lose it, I can't live. If I lose it, I can't go on. If whatever that is, that is your Jesus. That is your donut. Whatever that is for you that you think you cannot live without, that is your real Savior. That is your real God. That is what you worship. That is your hope. That is your rest. That is your peace. That is your identity. That is your significance. Whatever that is. Whatever it is for you. That is your real God. What is it? The American dream. Success. My kids turning out a certain way. What dreams do you have? We all have dreams. If you don't get those dreams, what will, it, what will it do to you? If it kills you, that's your God. Jesus says, don't labor for food that perishes, for food that endures to eternal life. Don't seek Jesus for stuff. Don't seek Jesus just to get out of trouble. Seek him for him. He is the only one who can give you the food that endures to, to, to eternal life. The only one. Why? Because the Father has set his seal upon Jesus. The Father's seal upon Jesus confirmed that Jesus is the only one that can give eternal life. My job cannot give me eternal life. My family, I love them, but they cannot give me eternal life. Finances can't give me eternal life. The Father's seal is set upon one person, and that is Jesus alone. Him alone. And the crowd here, they, they still didn't get it. They, 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 they asked Jesus another question. What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus' response is this. The work of God is for you to believe in him whom the Father has sent. Saving faith in Jesus is the food that endures to eternal life. All you need is nothing, but many people don't have even that. All you need is nothing, but not many people have it, particularly in America, because of how our culture runs. Believe in Jesus. Do you believe in him? You were created to be in fellowship with God. 
That is your created purpose. That's to know me. And so when you go through this Lent process, when you go through all these things we're going to do for Ash Wednesday and leading up to Holy Week, it should all be done to know Jesus better. Not so you can have a better life, but so you can grow in your relationship with him. Do you desire more of Jesus? Do you desire more of him? Spurgeon, the old Baptist preacher, Charles Spurgeon says, if you do not desire to know Jesus better, then you love him not. I say it again. If you do not desire to love Jesus better, then you love him not. For love always cries near, near. Do you desire Jesus that way? Do you desire to be closer to him still? What? What competes for Jesus' affections? What competes with Jesus in your heart? And whatever that the Spirit shows you now, repent. Don't leave him beat yourself up. Don't leave him make a to-do list. Everything begins with repentance. Repent. Repent. Piper says, the critical question for our generation and every generation is this. If you could have heaven with no sickness, with all the friends you ever had on earth, with all the food you ever liked, with all the leisure activities you, all, you ever enjoyed, all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted, no human conflict or any natural disaster, could you be satisfied with heaven if Jesus was not there? Could you? Then why would you live your life here that way? Why would you live your life here that way? I want all this apart from him. That's a false seeking of him. That's not a real seeking of him. The abundant life that Jesus has promised only comes through knowing him. And if you don't know him, you're not going to have that. You're always going to be pulling your hair out. You're always going to feel unsatisfied because you're trying to get somewhere apart from the Savior. He is the door. He is the truth. He is the way. And you don't get to the Father but through him alone. And so I challenge you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you're here today just playing church, if you're here today just going through the motions, today is the day to seek him, to know, to know him. And you can, if, you, if the Spirit is weighing on your heart, come to me after the service. Come to one of the offices after the service. We'll talk with you about what it means to know Jesus and save his faith. How you can know him, how you can grow in him. Don't leave here without talking to someone about that. Because Jesus came so that you can have life and have it abundantly. But it's only through him alone. Let us pray. Jesus, I know that you, you are the great I am. And there is no other. There is no other way in which people can be made right with the Father. There is no other doorway. There is no other mountain we can climb upon. There is no other rock we can stand upon. There is only one, and that's you. And I praise you, Lord, that your blood should never lose its power. 
that it will forever be enough. It's enough. More than enough. For in you, Lord, we are made right. And I pray for each of us, Lord, as we prepare leading up to Easter and all the things that we want to do. If we're going to do Lent, Lord, let us do those things for the right reason. It's to know you better. And Spirit, we can't do this apart from you. I pray that you would take all of our hearts and move them toward Christ. I pray for this in your son's name. Amen. Will you please stand as we...